With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. Well, hello and welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin, and today... I want to share with you a few thoughts I have about betting on yourself. And I was inspired to think about this topic because I've been following, you know, like many people, this story about GameStop, um, you know, this like this company who's having a, a surge in their stock share price. Um, and it's like, why? Why is this happening? The, free, the company's going to go out of business. I mean, if you've been in a GameStop recently, no, you haven't. I know you haven't because they're all empty. Anyway, um, <laughs> the reason why that this got me to thinking about betting on yourself is that, you know, all these big institutional investors, and this is the part of the show where I pretend I know what I'm talking about, right? I, I'm no master of the uni universe finance guy. Oh, but you know what? I Right now, though, I, I am wearing... <laughs> I am wearing... <laughs> I am wearing one of those stupid, obnoxious vests, you know, like the finance guys wear, you know, what are those vests made out of? You know, there's a vineyard vines thing, you know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing one of those fleece vests. Um, so I can pretend to know what, what I'm talking about here, but no, there was a bunch of people who, who bet against GameStop, right? And to me, there's something amoral about short selling. If you, if you don't know what short selling is, um, I don't either. Just kidding. I know what it is a little bit, but you know, it, it basically works like this. There's a stock out there that you think is overpriced, right? In, in this case, GameStop and people think it's going to go down. So you bet on it to go down and you do that by um, selling a bunch of shares that you don't own. This is where the complexity comes in a little bit, but you sell a bunch of shares you don't own with the intent of buying them back at a lower price by a certain day. So that's known as short selling. And to me, it's like betting against somebody. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, now, it, I'm sure it makes people money. I know it makes people money. But to me, it's just like this idea. I'd rather bet on something or bet for someone, um, you know, than, than, than bet that something's going to be devalued. You know, it's each their own, I guess. But But in this case, there was a problem. So you had a bunch of individuals who got together and were like, hey, not so fast. You know, so they started buying up blocks of GameStop and that drove the price up. And there must have been a lot of people doing this because it went up drastically, <laughs> I mean, drastically. And, you know, the, these hedge funds now are are kind of screwed because they've got to buy back the shares that they've already sold um, for a much higher price than they were anticipating. Now, 
look, who's going to get hurt here? It's not the hedge fund guys. They make money either way. You know, who gets hurt here are, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, people like uh, people like you and me somehow. I don't know. Anyway, but this this really isn't about, you know, I'm not here to talk about short selling. I'm not here to talk about GameStop. And, and again, I do pretend to know what's going on. But what it got me thinking about was betting on yourself, right? So the, these were people who were betting against GameStop. Um, but I want to talk about betting on yourself. And um, as you might imagine, I have, I have some feelings about that. Um, you know, I, I never, I was somebody who never wanted to be in the business world. You know, I've mentioned that before on Uncorking a Story. You know, when I was in high school and, and all throughout college, I wanted to, my dream was to go on and get a PhD in psychology. I wanted to teach. I wanted to, you know, counsel people. And, you know, I, I never really thought of a, a career in business, but I stumbled into a career in marketing and a career in market research. And, um, you know, which, which I love, I, I really do love what I do. Um, but, but, but when I was, when I was kind of making my way in this business, I saw this group of people who kind of were in business on their own. And you can do that in, in my industry. So in, in the qualitative market research industry, um, doesn't that sound sexy, by the way? Hey, what do you do? I work in a, I work in qualitative market research. I mean, come on. If I were a single man laying that down, forget about it. Um, no, but there's a lot of people who do what I do who work for themselves. You know, the, the cost of entry is low. You don't need a lot of overhead. It's consulting, if you will. So, you know, I knew a lot of people who, who made, made a very good living, uh, particularly in those years when there's not a pandemic, uh, but they made a very good living just kind of doing this work for themselves, you know, not, not having a boss, so to speak, or, or a, a corporate structure. Anyway, that, that was always appealing to me. You know, I'm somebody who does value my independence. I value my freedom. I don't like having to answer to people who are not my customers. I'll do anything for my customers. But, um, you know, sometimes I, I could be a little difficult to manage as an employee. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, you know, I, I have opinions. I'm not afraid to share them. I never, you know, you know God, I work for some of the biggest companies in the world. You know, I work for MasterCard. I work for Unilever. I never dealt with politics well. I just couldn't do it. And I know that's such a big part of the job. It's not just, you know, for those of you listening, you know, it's not just when you work in marketing, yeah, being a good marketer, that's like half of your job. The other half is navigating the politics of a large organization. I wasn't really so uh, so good at that. Um, I'm, I'm not what you call an, an ass kisser by any stretch of the imagination. Anyway, um, you know, I, I, I wound up, uh, uh, let's see what happened. I was working for a startup consulting firm in the U S and, and we we're doing somewhat well, but, um, we struggled and, and, and I wasn't to, to be quite honest, I was not a good fit for that culture. Um, and you know, uh, something happened. I was promised one thing. Uh, they didn't deliver on it. Uh, no hard feelings now, but, um, we went a parting ways and, you know, I, I, at that point in time said, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to try and do, um, you know, it opened I thought it opened a door for me to, to do what I always wanted to do. So I wound up, uh, talking to a, a former client who set me up with a, a consulting arrangement. So I had some guaranteed income and then I was off to the races kind of going, um, and, and finding business. And, um, it was great. I mean, you know, it was hard. It was stressful. 
But um, the point is, I bet on myself to win. And, you know, I did wind up winning. Now, there's been tough years since then. But um, the point is, I did it. And um, I'm, I'm happy I did, even though it was stressful. Um, I'm very happy that, uh, that I did that. And it, it taught me a lot about myself, to, to be honest with you. Um, now, I realize over the years, I've interviewed many people uh, in my career, you know, both in my day job as a as a moderator, but also in um, on this program. And two of the people I interviewed on this program really came to mind as I started to think about this idea of, of betting on yourself. One of them is an entrepreneur by the name of Dave Mezapel. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's also an author. So I did get a chance to interview him about uh, his book series. And the other guy who came to mind was Andy Greenfield, who, who actually holds a very special place in my heart because his former company, Greenfield Consulting, was the one that, that really turned me onto this career that, that I wound up having as a, as a qualitative moderator. So I went back and I listened to some of the things that, uh, gosh, it was probably seven or eight years ago now that Andy had told me and, and that Dave had told me. And I, I found a couple of nuggets that, that I think you might find interesting about um, kind of, you know, funding your dreams and believing in yourself. And, and um, the, the first lesson that they both taught me was, you know, j just don't dream it, go out and do it, you know, go out and execute it. And uh, here's what um, Dave Mezapel has to say about that. I believe that people that have great ideas, the talent, the talent is not in the idea itself. It's in executing what you just said. So many people have so many great ideas, but they don't execute them. And I consider myself an executor. I will, I have to do, I have to hit the ground running and people shouldn't let their dreams just like flounder execute it. And if you don't know how there's plenty of resources to help you. So I feel strongly about it. Yeah. You could go on and on about, about all these great ideas and out in, in cyberspace, but you have to execute, you have to make it happen. Yeah. And that's the difference um, because if you just sit there and let it spin, you're always going to wonder what you should have done and if, if you should have done it. You know, you don't want to get to the end of your life and, and have regrets about the things that you didn't do or the things that you didn't try. And, you know, Dave brings up a really good point. You know, it's not enough just to have the idea. You have to have sort of that drive with inside you to execute it. And the way actually Andy Greenfield talks about it is putting thought into action. And he's got a pretty similar take as to, to what Dave had to say here. Here's Andy Greenfield. And again, this is all in retrospect. It was an example of, you know, a, a certain element of my nature manifesting itself, which was, let's just do it. You know, don't question it. Let's just do it. Kind of going from, you know, thought to action without worrying a lot about, you know, did this make sense? How hard was it? Etc. Um, which is sort of a useful orientation for an entrepreneur to have. There you go. Don't question it. Just do it. That's like the old Nike slogan, right? Just do it. You know, if you want to, you want to get out there and exercise, just do it. If you want to get out there and bet on yourself, do it. You know, but Andy's right. You know, ideas, ideas are cheap. Anyone can have them, you know, but to take a thought or an idea and make it real, you know, to turn that into something real and tangible, that's where the real talent is. And taking the time to do it and to persevere will pay dividends. You know, Dave, Dave talked about 
you know, all the work required to bring his first book to market. Now, this is, of course, after Davis started, you know, a couple of different businesses. He decided to to take some of his knowledge and, and put it into a book. And, you know, those of you who are authors know, um, and I know a lot of people listening to, to Uncorking a Story are interested in, in the writing world, um, you know that it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Like writing a book is the easy part. Honest to goodness, I tell this to authors. Writing a book is the easy part. The hard part is finding the agent, negotiating with the publisher, selling the book in terms of doing the marketing you need to do to actually get it in people's hands and raise interest on it. That's all hard. Um, there's there's no easy way to do it. And uh, well, here's here's what Dave has to say about that. It sucks to have to find an agent, a literary agent. It's brutal. And then it sucks to have to go find an author or a publisher. It's a, it's a really pain in the ass. But you know what? Once you do it, you're like, wow. Even if you're not making millions of dollars, the fact that you have a published book and it's something you believe in and people are reading it and appreciating it and you're helping others, at least in our case, we help others. And, and it's worth that work. It's worth doing whatever you can to execute your dreams. You know, the hard work will be worth it. You know, do whatever you need to do to execute your dreams. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, when I, when I was talking to Andy about it and specifically, you know, around Andy's first company that he started, you know, he, he told me that, <laughs> frankly, he told me that you know, he had he had one client where he was before and then he decided to go hang out his shingle. And this one client he assumed would follow him. Yeah, they, they, he thought they would be his big client. You know, I think it's Molson Beer. You'll hear about it in a second. And um, the, the fact of the matter was he didn't earn a penny from them during his first year after starting that business. So and there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. I'm going to I'm going to have you listen to Andy and then I'll, I'll reflect on it in a moment. So here's Andy talking about it. And the funny thing is, uh, you know, you leave and I left assuming I was going to get a ton of business from Molson. And my first year, I got not one dollar from Molson for a variety of reasons. Uh, and Molson eventually became a very big client of mine, but I left <laughs> believing I was going to, you know, this is going to be my the fuel for my liftoff and nothing happened. So business ended up coming from places you'd never expected to, you know, pure serendipity. I'm sitting on a plane and having a conversation with a guy who was one of the senior guys at first Boston who says, you know, this is interesting stuff you do. Why don't you call this other guy? And because first Boston had never done any market research. So I get them, I get price waterhouse, a bunch of, a bunch of things fell into place and Greenfield consulting was off to the races. You know, I mentioned before that I worked for, you know, both Unilever and MasterCard. And, you know, back back in the days when I would talk to my, you know, colleagues, now my former colleagues about, you know, this dream I had about going out on my own and, and starting my own consulting business, you know, all of them said the same thing to me, which was, yeah, you know, the moment you do that, let us know, we'll give you business. And what Andy just said is was painfully true. You know, I didn't earn any business from any of those people right away. Certainly not in the first year. You know, in fact, the only business I earned from my old employer, Unilever, was from a guy who I never even met during my tenure there. He got my name from from somebody else. And you know, the point is, you know, if you're going to do this, if you're going to, you know, go out and hang your own shingle or whatever you want to call it, yeah, you got to be prepared to know that, 
you know, no one's going to give you anything. All those people who tell you they're going to give you something, they're not going to do it. You know, you, you actually have to go out there and you have to earn it yourself. And I know that sounds like common sense. Like, of course, you've got to earn it yourself. But but don't go into it thinking you can rely on all those people who promised you something because you're going to set yourself up for disappointment and um, some lean, uh, some lean times. But here's the thing that that shouldn't discourage you. You know, if you believe in you, bet on yourself. You know, I'm not suggesting that you go out today and quit your job. You know, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that at all. You know, but maybe start by don't don't place the big bets first. You know, maybe start by placing smaller bets on yourself. And if your dream is to start a business like mine was, you know, maybe seek out some freelance work first in that business. You know, do some moonlighting, put in some extra hours, you know, get a taste for what you're in for before you make the big decision. You know, if 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 kind of betting on yourself means that you really want to write a book and and I know what it takes to do that, you know. Number one, you know, guess what? The book is not going to write itself. You're going to have to do the work. But, you know, if if the prospect of writing 80,000 words is too much for you to deal with, you know, maybe start off with a short story. You know, maybe maybe don't try out of the gate to write that, you know, great big American novel. Start start a little bit smaller, but start the work. Do the work, you know? Let the rubber hit the road so to speak. Now listen, when when you're betting on you, it's going to be very important that you have people in your life who are also willing to bet on you. Now, importantly, you know, here's the thing. You can't ask for their permission. And that's, you know, you can't ask if you can do something. You know, that that you're going to set yourself up for failure if, if that's your mindset. But, you know, instead, you know, just share your dream with these people and observe their reactions. You know, if they, if they pose nothing but barriers for you to, to not do what you want to do. And, you know, they, they just start by telling you all the reasons why something that you're thinking is a bad idea. You know, just realize that these are not the people you want in your corner. You know, and I, I'm not judging them. I certainly had them in my life. You know, just just know that, you know, it could be that they're, they're afraid to see you fail. You know, they, they might love you so much. They were afraid for your failure. And, and that could be very true. You know, that could be very true. And it's not to suggest that, you know, you cut these people off, but these are not the people who are going to help you. But on the other side, you know, all those people who who <laughs> just blow smoke up your ass and tell you you have the greatest idea ever, and they, they don't offer any sort of counterpoints to you or they don't offer any challenges to you, these are people who you don't want in your corner either because if they don't care enough you know, to, to, to kind of push you a little bit and to challenge you a little bit, then, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're not going to be helpful. You know, just as the people who are always negative aren't going to be helpful, those people who are super positive are not going to be helpful either. Instead, the people that you want to listen to and the people you want in your corner are those people who will challenge you, but at the same time, you know, while being critical and while offering challenges to you, they also send a message, you know, how can we support you? How can we help you? Those are the people who are, are going to be, you know, much more important for you to surround yourself by. You know, they're, they're not going to just give you a, a, a blank check, number one. Um, they're going to push you a little bit. They're going to test your resolve. But they're also going to say, hey, look, we see how much conviction you have about this. How can we help support you? 
And it's not just financial support. You know, so much of it is emotional. You know, again, whether you're writing a book, whether you're starting a business, um, whether you're you're trying something for the first time, you need as, as much financial support as you need. You also need emotional support as well. Um, now, I can tell you that that spouses have a hard time with this. You know, um, in many cases, I don't want to speak for all spouses, but but spouses have a hard time with this. You know, they've come to know you in a certain way. They've come to know you as one thing. And the thing is, they might be very comfortable with the way things are. You know, they, they, they don't like the idea of rocking the boat, you know, and, and change, change brings risk, you know, especially when you're talking about starting your own business or, or, or doing something like that, you know, and, and here's the thing though, if you, if your spouse or partner isn't on board, you know, just, just don't let that lack of support deter you. Now, this doesn't mean that they're not important people. They are, you know, they are, they, of course they should be, um, but but you can't let their lack of support deter you. You know, if you let their resistance or their negativity prevent you from doing something that you're dreaming of, that's going to lead to resentment down the line. And that's not good for anybody. So just to, to drive this whole episode home, I have, you know, four things that I want to summarize for you right now. And the first thing is that if you have a dream or the desire to create something or to do something different with your life, bet on you. You've got to be the first investor here. And your confidence in placing that bet will gain the confidence of others. And then, you know, you'll get other people to bet on you too. So that's the first thing. The second thing, remember that ideas are cheap. You know, action takes talent. You know, it's okay to dream, but the rubber has to hit the road at some point. So eventually you have to stop planning and start doing. And now point number three, uh, door number three, Carol Merrill. <laughs> Know that your eventual success will not come from where you expect it to. You know, it's going to be up to you to go out and earn it. It's not going to be given to you. You know, that, that, you know, that, that, that's a hard fact that, that many of us had to learn the hard way, but it's nevertheless true. And lastly, you know, people are going to challenge your assumptions and abilities. You know, they're going to challenge you on your idea. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. But the thing is, you need to mute those people who provide resistance without an offer of support, as well as those who, you know, offer nothing but praise. Neither of those two types of people are going to help you. Instead, to make your dream a reality, surround yourself with people who will push you while they look for ways to support you in the pursuit of your dream. Woo, heavy stuff, all based on GameStop. <laughs> All based on observations I had around this, uh, you know, I don't want to call this silly thing with GameStop, but uh, all this other uh, news this week with with a, a retailer that's falling apart whose stock price happened to soar. Um, anyway, that's all I have for you today. And as always, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Uncorking a Story. And if you liked what you heard here, please subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Please uh, be sure to tell a friend about Uncorking a Story, as we always will welcome new listeners. We welcome them like Journey with open arms. And uh, if you have something to say about the show, uh, please leave a review. And be sure to go to uncorkingastory.com or wherever you get your podcast to check out our previous uh, 61 episodes. And, of course, be on the lookout for another new episode early next week. Thanks so much. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, 
Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe.